This episode is not sponsored, but we encourage you to help support the small businesses, charities and organisations that we mention. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Our Circle. I'm Rhiannon. And I'm Jess. And today we have a very special guest with us, Matt, who goes by the performer name of Waxy O'Lear. Star wipe sound effect. I love it. <laughs> Avid fan. I'm loving it. <laughs> Welcome. Can you please tell our listeners who is Waxy O'Lear? Who are you? What do you do? So Waxy O'Lear is me trying to uh I don't even really know. I'm trying to basically do my music. I'm a musician, that's my artist name. After so many years of trying to perform with bands and stuff. I've got really into just doing solo things. Oh, really? um, Yeah. So for years, just doing like punk bands and then trying to do cover bands, like here and there, everything. It's just hard to, the more people you have in a band, the more people you have to organize with. Right. Sure, you probably know this organizing podcast. Just having like, if you have like more than three people, you're like, oh, God, I'll never record anything. (laughs) It's like trying to organize a Dungeon and Dragons session just never happens. Oh, my God. I'm going to be asking you questions about that later in a sec. got my uh my miniature of my, my oh my gosh how cool <laughs> <laughs> instantly derailed oh sorry, so start on the dnd yeah um basically yeah so i wanted to do my solo stuff and i thought right if i have a name that's not me then okay. i can brand it as that if it's me on my own i am waxy o'lear but if i'm performing and i've got my mate joe who often plays drums for me i've got harry who plays bass and other various other people that want to get involved mm-hmm. it's still waxy o'lear Yes, it's still. Definitely. I don't know what to. But I want to say like Biffy Clyro. Like it sounds like a name, mm-hmm. but it is a band. It is a band, okay. or like kind of the opposite of like the Cure, where that's just Robert Smith. Right. But he can be anything. He, okay. Like it's, he's not necessarily him. It's whoever's on stage, whoever's playing the songs. I mean, that's what. The so where did the, is, anyway. where did that name come from? Then Waxio looks. That's different to your government name. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit geeky. It's actually D and D. I've gone back to D and D again. I my first. <laughs> Um, favorite D and D character was called Waxo Lear, and I got that name by the Irish pub Waxo Connors. Okay. So I was like, Waxy, that's a cool first name. And then O'Lear comes from the pagan or like the Celtic uh, god of the ocean, who's called Mananamu oh. uh, McLear. Oh wow! So Lear being of the sea, that like, was well, the ocean, and like O'Lear being like of the of the sea. Wow, so I we are technical I, here. Yeah, so I, I did overthink it. Like, that's the kind of name. If I was thinking of a band name, I'd be like, ah, I don't know, just Matt, that's fine. Yeah. Because it's a Dungeon Dragons character. I'm like, I'm going to really take this seriously. <laughs> I'm going to do some backstory here. You're going you're gonna to learn things about who he is just from the name. Wow, okay. <laughs> so I thought I'd put it over. So what? what's your earliest memory of music? Take us right back to the beginning. Oh, music would start definitely with my brother. So he played guitar. So he's got um, different dads and his dad's very musical. Everyone gets along heaps well. So we hung out with them and I used to always go see him. He'd play gigs with his dad. And then I'd sit, his bedroom was right across the uh, hallway from mine. And I just remember him playing Blackbird by the Beatles on the guitar. Mm -hmm. And being like, that's Wait, you can swear on this, can't you? Yeah. I want to be like, fuck, that's cool. That's so good. And it's just, it's just like, I think that's the time where, I mean, I've always loved music. My family always, like, everyone really loves music. And, um, but he was playing it. And, like, like, that was the experience of having someone in the house playing Mm. guitar. Were you quite young? I would have been very, very young, like, 
primary school kind of age. Oh, wow. Right. So that really hit you then. Yeah. Because I tried so many times to do music lessons and I just, I just don't like authority or people telling me what to do. I'm really, I'm terrible with it. <laughs> I relate. Someone, I relate. <laughs> someone will be like, all right, you have to do like guitar is practice. And I go, nah, don't want to. And yeah. I tried to do singing lessons. Never took. I just, I fought against everything. I was great at school. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> so like, yeah, I just, just was so lazy with it. And then I ended up finding a friend of a friend who was just this dude who, I mean, I must've been like 17 at the time or 16 or 17. And it was, it was at, um, are you block you, beep out the school it was at the school that we went to yeah uh, <laughs> so I do listen I, you I, do I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm genuinely a fan I, I'm starstruck <laughs> <laughs> yeah he it, it literally lived around the corner and after school I'd go around his and he was just some like I mean I thought he was cool at the time retrospectively I think he was just a stoner who just play guitar and we'd go okay. around and be like hey man have you heard of Jethro Tull I'm like no have you heard of Fleetwood Mac no like nirvana and i'm like discovering all these bands like right. i'm the first person to ever know who fleetwood mac are, <laughs> kind of thing and it like it just made me really excited about music and then suddenly mm. i went from you couldn't get me to practice for a second to i'd come home and practice for like two hours solid yeah and that was that's my time that's not even practice that's just what i want to do yeah mm. definitely that's i think i feel like that's a bit more i don't want to offend people but a bit more authentic like when it's not forced, like it's a genuine love of music. Yeah. You're, you're letting it in on your terms. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of more how music is to a lot of people, at least who have a deep connection to it. It's through something they've found that they're yeah, enjoying. Sure. Not, listen to this, which I'm very much guilty of trying to make other people listen to So I'm terrible for that, but I listen to really weird music, like the kind yeah. of music where someone goes, I don't like that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I get it. I do get it. I understand that you don't like it. This is, this guy is just screaming. Like, I'm big into the pogues and that's just drunk and nonsense. So when someone goes, I, not, not my cup of tea. And I go, oh, yeah, you probably like things that sound good. <laughs> not me, not muggins here. <laughs> so even though you are a solo artist, you do also belong to a band. Um, the band yes. being Wife Swap USA. How did that band form then? Like, how long have you been playing together? So that band is with my mate Harry, Harry Saunders, who we've been best friends since I saw him on the bus to school, to secondary school, and I saw him. He had a big, like, do you remember the band Noah and the Whale? Yes. Yeah. They had they had that haircut that was just like a really long, curly fringe kind of haircut. Yeah. And I was yeah. really into them at the time. And I was like, he's cool. And he's walking, he had a guitar bag on his back. I was like, that guy's cool. And like my mates sat next to me going, oh, that's Harry. I know him. I'm like, fucking sick. And then like, so next time I saw him like, at, at a gathering or something, I was like, right, we know each other because we heard about each other. <laughs> You're my we bus started, man. <laughs> yeah, we started playing music together and went like, yeah, we like, wrote songs together when we were 16 and everything. These stupid songs about like losing your virginity and like wanking and dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb, like coming of age anxious teenage boy stuff that stuff is really popular and relatable to that demographic like so many like there's so many songs when i think about the songs that are out when we were that age and stuff there was so many things out there like that so i don't think that that i want to hear them now yeah (laughs) Uh, well that's the thing that's those songs pretty much unchanged are what we play now (laughs) it's just like the scene is apparently ready for it or like brighton bloody loves it like our like main single is called too sad to wank 
and it is a stupid <laughs> it's a stupid punk song but the message is about being on antidepressants and not being able to come like yeah. so it's kind of like there's there's elements of uh and you feel like the punk scene is coming back suddenly like i feel like there's a new wave of it it's definitely in a different um it's coming back in a much better way yeah like it's interesting even like it's kind of in pop culture now like even thanks to like um olivia rodrigo that the teen singer she's mm. i'm really into a lot of her stuff because she's she's lyrically really smart but with the sound of like avril lavigne meets something else i'm like oh my god i've got nostalgia right now yeah. and then it's influencing more of that sound among the music scene it's like now travis buck has like come back yeah like, and is in everything and i'm just like oh my god we're back in punk Punk is back. Oh, uh, like what's that? That song, um, the Willow Smith one. Yes, um, what an absolute song. belter! That's such a tune. I know. So, but I think the thing with punk is a lot of it's been problematic in the past. I like the yeah. sound of it. I like the vibe of it. But it's always like, I mean, realistically, it's thirty-year-old white men pretend like singing songs for sixteen-year-old girls. Right. Yeah. Okay. And there's been a whole kind of issue with that. And I like that a lot of bands are coming out now and they're singing songs that are a bit more aware of themselves you've got bands like um who's your ones uh idols they've got songs that are really about like toxic masculinity and like breaking down these things like like choruses like this is why you never see a father cry kind of things and it's like just yeah fighting that kind of thing and a lot of bands like especially like we've actually got a reputation now through harry mainly in brighton for being very outspoken about uh like problematic people in other bands and in the scene as well so it's quite proud. I'm quite proud to be like part of his. Pro- it is his project, really. Right. Wife, Wife Swap USA is his kind of baby, and he was just he needed the guitarist, and I was like, I'll fill in. Mm. Played one gig, and we kind of looked at each other afterwards and went, "This is the thing. This is the thing. I think I think I should stay. Yeah, I think I should mm. be part of this band." How long ago was that then? Like, if you met you met each other when you were young, has so, Wife Swap USA been around forever, or is it? No, a- Wife Swap has been around for just before lockdown. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, you. Oh, okay. We played a couple of gigs. I think we did one or two gigs before lockdown, and then everything shut down. Oh. We did one gig during lockdown at the uh, like I think the first time it nearly opened up, and everything was like oh, it's coming back, and then it closed again. Right. We played at the Brighton Dome, which was amazing. Wow, that's like that's where ABBA won Eurovision. Like that was, that was oh, good. That's cool. Definitely so the biggest stage did, I played on. Where did the name come from? Please, yeah. is there a story? Right. I asked him, I messaged him and I said, Harry, what do you want to, if I ask about the name, what would you like to say? And he has said, and I quote, <laughs> Despite popular belief, we're actually named after the white rhino, pulling inspiration from its traditional Afrikaans name. Our band name is a comment on the impact of commercialism on some of the world's greatest animals, leading to the extinction throughout the world. That's not true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not true. I think they were just watching Wife Stop USA when they formed the band. Like I said, I wasn't part of it initially. Was that? <laughs> and uh, it's always been this thing of like, we're like, if we were to ever make it big, we'd have to change the name, obviously, because it's copyright. Okay. But something about that is a quite punk. And it got to the point, I forget that it's a TV show. I think most <laughs> people, I think you can like dominate that and take over the name. Yeah. yeah. You could it, even drop the USA if you wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I mean now, now people have, like got the chanting of like pronouncing wife swap as in like wife swap, ooh sir, wife swap, ooh sir. <laughs> Brilliant. Which yeah, 
I love that. But it's, it's such a fun band to play with because they're just such simple songs. They're so hard and fast with there's six of us on stage. Yeah, it's amazing. Busy, kind of. Yeah, it's like, amazing I... musicians playing the worst songs ever. Like, two chords, <laughs> shouting like about the dumbest stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. It looks like your fans, though, have a fun time because I caught a couple of your shows online. I was like, I want to see what the performance stuff you guys have. And I saw it and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like you are sort of going all out. Yeah, they are. They're mental. Everyone ends up naked. Like Phoebe, uh, the keyboardist slash guitarist, she like first song in, she like everything off, just bra and knickers. <laughs> like play, amount of time she's broken a keyboard because she's like, playing it upside down or trying to crowd surf on it oh and just God. jump it like i think every member of the band crowd surfs at some point including the drummer <laughs> it's, it's very much people walk out going that was one of the best shows you've ever seen and but like if we were to be like do you want to listen to us you'd be like no <laughs> no thank you it's more like an experience that people get it feels like performance art at times which well, that kind of, I don't mind. It's really good fun. Sounds fun. Yeah. I was going to, that was going to lead on to the next question. Do you write your, do you write music? I do write music. I write, um, I, I've not written anything for Wife Swap. That is all like Harry's okay. kind of stuff. Well, it's, it's, yeah, the stuff kind of he made when he was like we and whatever. But he's, uh, yeah, my stuff is usually a bit very, well, it's very different. I write like folky country kind of stuff. I wanted oh, to cool. ask actually if that was more your style because you and I went to school together and we performed in different things and my memory of your music or the things that you gravitated towards playing were very much like indie folk stuff and I wondered if that had stayed or if you'd changed it, a little from that. Well it, it didn't stay it's come back. Okay. <laughs> I uh yeah when I went to college got into like more kind of punk stuff had like a like a surf punk band so it's huh? like punk but like kind of beachy kind of vibe like, like Ramones meets Beach Boys. Okay. Yeah, it's them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I kind of did that. And then that band kind of separated and I went traveling a bit and I was playing guitar abroad and I was playing like Irish pubs and things. And I kept playing a lot more of this and getting better at just doing my own thing. I bought a little kick pedal so I can like, I've got a bass drum. Mm -hmm. That's going to be great for audio, me kicking the desk. <laughs> yeah. And then I, that's kind of when I realized I love this music. And then I spent more time in Ireland and like listening to like, those kind of songs and learning those songs end up having this huge repertoire of like Irish trad music. Have you got heritage of Irish or you just love Irish? Yeah, yeah, no, I've got, so family's all like County Longford kind of based. And, but yeah, obviously not me, but <laughs> it's been, it's been a slow kind of realization. I've always loved, been very proud of the Irish heritage, but known absolutely hee-haw about it. But now I'm getting to this point where I'm like, researching it more, especially over mm. lockdown. My mum got big into ancestry.com. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just, we'd FaceTime every night and just go, oh, what, what have we found tonight? And I was buying books and going through books and records and stuff. Oh, wow. And like uh, family, like um, wedding certificates, birth certificates, census yeah, and yeah. stuff. She's going through the website. We felt like detectives. With, you do like, a bit though, don't you? My whole yeah. family, like all of the sort of cousins on in my New Zealand side of the family, we're all trying to track because our family's massive. And you, we've got a kind of mixture of like the European side and then all of the Polynesian side. And it's like trying to find all the different ways you trace it. You do feel like a blooming detective by the end of it. Yeah, it, it feels like, I don't know if you watch Always Sunny, but when he's in the, he's got the wall with all the red strings and he's yeah. like, going like, Pepe Sylvia, there's a, there's a conspiracy here. Like, I will find it. There is a connection. So um, is your, is the music that you play 
whether that's um, as Waxio Lear or with Y Swap UK, uh, USA, is that similar to the music that you listen to? Like, or even the stuff that you write, is that similar to what you listen to or is it completely different? Uh, it's, it is, it really is. I, like, I quite like the music that I do. I know people, musicians, especially like famous musicians will often be like, I like this music because it makes me the money, but I want to listen to something else. I think, I mean, I'm not famous. I'm not making much money, but I do make the music I want to listen to. Okay. Like, like I was saying, with music that, fair enough, I get you might not want to listen to if you're sitting having a bath and a glass of wine. You probably won't want to listen to Wife Swap USA. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I genuinely really like that music. Bands like Idols or like Fontaine's DC are very similar kind of genre, or like the Chats. Um, they're very similar, this kind of just shouty, aggressive. I listen to that, but then okay. I also do listen to a lot of Irish trad, like... It's this thing I'm in the car on my own, just a diddly diddly dee. I pick someone up and I'm like, quick, change the music to something normal. I don't want people to think I'm a little <laughs> leprechaun driving along the road. <laughs> I don't know why this car's bouncing so much. <laughs> but especially over lockdown, I've kind of, I went from ironic love of country music to actually really lo loving country oh, music. like who? Who are you into? Biggest at the moment, like Tyler Childers and Coulter Wall, like proper like folky country. Okay. Because it started there, I realised, oh, country is just irish music that's in america it's all like yeah. scottish melodies yeah that go through ireland and mm -hmm. they all the irish poets put their words to it and they go travel across to the americas it becomes like appalachian music it splits up into like canada and then goes down into the deep south mixes with like uh like southern kind of black music and mm -hmm. like those kind of rhythms and it becomes this what is country yeah, and yeah. it's so amazing to realize you can actually see old traditional songs their lyrics are still in these songs and their melodies and these kind of these cadences yeah. have not been like unchanged. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. It's really cool when you sort of make those connections and then you can hear it and you sort of feel it. I feel like that with a lot of blues music, when you think, when you hear certain motives or whatever from like maybe the twenties being repeated in stuff today, that's wild. It still yeah. exists. It's, it's so good to see that like you can do that. You can breathe new life into it mm. like spotify is kind of uh, fueled my country habit over lockdown in that i'll be like i like these two country artists and spotify is like yeah but if you like them you might like these guys like, <laughs> <laughs> boy howdy okay i'll give it a go <laughs> and then for an art i'm listening to stadium cheesy like redneck music and i'm like yeah. oh, i've gone too far i'm too deep now <laughs> Well, you got people like Dolly Parton and she's just sweet. She's just singing these beautiful songs about like being a sassy woman and like trying to make your way in the world. It's, yeah. There's a Love lot. I think the best thing about country is you can have the cheesy country. You can have your like indie country. You can have your punk country. I love that they're like redneck racist country. If that's yeah, a... I mean, <laughs> I like though that country crosses and it's starting to blur a lot more with a lot more genres as well. Like we've had Lil Nas like mix oh, it with rap. you have people like chris stapleton who perform with ed sheeran and bruno mars you know and pink like there's so many big names in country that are not big worldwide because of being niche to yeah i guess so it's cool that they're sort of blurring and everything um on a little bit of a different note sort of going back to when you were younger and when you're at school i wanted to know if you kind of felt supported like with your creativity with music and the arts because I feel like it wasn't very much supported for my year at least um I was the only one who took uh A-level music you know and I feel like your year group were quite musical and quite proud about it and open but I don't know if you actually felt that support 
what was your experience like when you were younger yeah like school was like it was very good for music for like our little group but not because of school okay. like school were pretty terrible yeah like I, it's, it's mad to think like I've gone through and been like to become actually like a, a paid musician and like to be making my living from music you kind of want to go back to school and go to your music teacher and be like I've done it but I wouldn't know who to go to I think I had a different music teacher every um like term like there's right. no one there was no one there really supported I think what you're saying about um having that good culture of it is there was um it was me and there was like two groups who became two bands right we most became like rival bands and like <laughs> it was uh right will who i actually bumped into at the pub the other day and we were talking about this that was so funny like we got along so well but it always just felt like this rivalry between the two bands and i think that actually elevated us like that friendly competition right like trying to like do that and like if we, we play uh like assemblies or in the morning we play like yeah, yeah, lunch yeah. do performing arts like it no one knew that i performed other than like maybe your year because <laughs> you saw, saw me like yeah yeah so like i never sung in front of um my year group ever like I the idea of doing an assembly literally shoot me in the head like I would never have done that I just I didn't want to share that with anyone because I didn't it didn't feel safe for me like it didn't feel like a environment where I wanted to share that but I would look at say like you and your friends and everyone's so um encouraging like you said like lifting each other up the music I was like that'd be nice (laughs) yeah there was a like an after school program they had called rock school and there's this guy Jamie who's like nine foot tall couldn't wear shoes so he just had canoes with holes in for his feet <laughs> and he, he was the nicest guy he was in this like really like cheesy metal band and he'd come in in the like once a week after school and we'd all just hang around and like we'd just play there and we just it was and yeah it was great it was good fun to just have that kind of outlet for it mm. and in terms of performing I, I don't know like they the school was so like I don't know the tone deaf to what we wanted as kids we didn't want to play songs in assembly we wanted to like, have, yeah things like that but being forced to do it it was like yeah but it had to do something i remember the first performing arts i ever did i can't remember what would have been the evenings we did do like these like shows and i was the first time i was playing without a guitar and i wasn't very good at this time anyway so not that it made much difference but i was there was just a microphone and i was shitting it mm. and i was like i'm, I'm fucking terrible i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna stand here or like like what do I do with my hands? Do I like? Yeah. Do I, and I got up there and kind of looked at the audience. And at the time, I just kind of panicked. And I was listening to a lot of. Uh, I just recently discovered Kate Bush. Okay. So I went full Wuthering Heights for the whole performance, <laughs> just like <laughs> da- leaping around the stage like a little prancing, like oh my God, Pied Piper of mischief, <laughs> just doing like strange movements. Audio listeners, this is one for the YouTube video. <laughs> Go, go see our circle on YouTube. You want to see this. And I was just going mental with it. And I, afterwards, I was like, I don't know if that was the right decision at a, like, year eight performing arts. Did anyone film it? No, no. Oh, but then afterwards, oh. all the, like, that. all of, like, the cool kids were taking the piss out of me. Oh. I'm like, really? And every time someone, like, would reference it, like, to kind of, kind of give me some jip for it, I'd be like, you've never known who I was before. <laughs> everyone knows who i am now yeah. everyone knows yes i'm seeing i love that you turned it around like that That's i was great. i know i've genuinely i've never been nervous walking on a stage in my life since that was the first time and only time i've ever been nervous on a stage or before a stage my god since that really? moment i was like yeah like what this is this is what i want to do 
So you're not shy at all. You like the attention. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit terrible for it. People are like, going like, Did you do me warm up? I do, I do, I do my warm ups and just, just walk on stage and just play. And like, I, I don't know. I, I just love being on the like in the stage and was like, it, being part of the audience. Was it guitar first then that you learn, or was it singing, or was it piano, or like what? What is it that you sort of specialized in first? Shall we say? Well, I first sort of picked up the banjo and was given that a red hot crack because I'm like okay. it's quite easy. It's an open tuning, so you can just strum and then go like just bar one like with your frets and be like that's a chord. It works. <laughs> then because of my brother, well, just guitar actually took a bit more skill than my candid banjo. So I got, eventually got into that and then I started singing as well because I'm like, well, I've got a guitar, I might as well try singing. I was playing some Bob Dylan songs, you know, blowing in the wind. My mum comes in and goes, Matt, uh, do you want to keep, keep on the guitar? Do you want to maybe like, I don't know, just stop the singing for a bit or maybe just <laughs> do it when I'm out? And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Letting so, you down gently. <laughs> yeah, so I, I never really wanted to be a singer, but then I think it's that thing, you just playing guitar, you get to learn the notes a little bit better. You just keep doing it. Just singing just to know where in the song you are. Yeah. And you I remember you, I remember you singing. I remember you singing and playing guitar. I remember you singing, I don't know who sings it, Um, You Don't Want to Be Alone. That was like the song I remember. Two Cinema Club. That one. You always sang that. And I, if ever I hear that, I think of you. Oh, it's a good song. I, I, yeah, I no, got I so sick of that song. That's the yeah. thing when you're at that age, you spend months learning a song. Yeah. So when you've learned it, you're not going to play anything else because yeah. you finally got it right. <laughs> so we'll just play that one again. So, Mac, can you tell us a bit more about the the live music scene? So, obviously, you said that you were, you did a couple of gigs with your friend before the pandemic hit. Yeah. How did that change for you? How did you have to kind of, um, adapt to the pandemic and then I mean we're still in the pandemic but it's eased up a little bit yeah. how take us through all of that well it's mad because when you when we first um said we're going to record this I had like an answer for it and it's since changed like right. the, the other time it was like things are looking good hopefully fingers crossed but now I'm at a point where it's like it is good it is genuine we are genuinely gigging I've, I've crowd surfed on mosh pits like it, it feels like it's back Wow. Uh, like, because there was a point where I thought oh, this is it's never going to come back. There's no chance mm. we can do gigs. Like both the kind of genre of music I do require an audience to be kind of shoulder to shoulder. Like the stuff I do solo, it's like an Irish pub kind of stuff. Well, it's just like pop songs, but play with an acoustic guitar in a kind of a mad way. It's mm. best when people are a bit bit cut and having a dance. Same mm. with wife sob. It's best when people are like getting involved so I was felt really kind of like it's not going to happen and mm. since we've done a few gigs where we did a live stream then we did some gigs where there was like tables and it looked like a bit of a bingo hall that you're playing to <laughs> people have to stay you can have your groups of four but you can't sit yeah. near each other and you can't stand up at all people like the security guards like come around and go sit down someone's like sorry <laughs> I was just I was just moving my shoulders a bit <laughs> and it's it got to a point now where yeah we do have gigs we have things going on and it's yes it's coming back and the best thing is I've never really done weddings before I've done a couple in the past purely because it's like someone a friend who knows what I do going we we love seeing you we'd love to have you at our wedding yeah of course I'll do that it's really nice but then since things are open and no one's been able to get married there's like a demand for wedding singers so I've done like I think you I've found about, your niche. Yeah. I've done about ten, <laughs> ten weddings in the last month. Oh my it's god! Been, it's been mad, yeah, and it, but it's, it's good money as well, which is nice. And I've, 
but because what I do is very it's it's out there like people need to, I need to know people have seen what I do because if they're expecting just like oh he's going to cover some Ed Sheeran songs it'd be great it'd be in the background and then I come out and I'm like oh, I'm all these like aggressive like Irish tunes. Yeah. yeah. Wedding party. <laughs> but it's been it's really, really good fun. I've had some like absolute like um, like amazing experiences being involved in people's weddings. But it's nice. I usually yeah. will know someone quite a decent amount because if someone like I say I don't know, I don't really want to do that. Mm. I don't want I don't want to have to play songs that I don't really know or like. Oh I'll play something I don't like but I have to at least know what's going on. Someone says, can you play this? I'm like, I've never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get that a lot. I used to play in, um, I play in the Alps in Austria, like during the ski season. Oh, wow, cool. And um, I get so many like people going, oh, can you play whatever? I'm like, that sounds not English. Is it not English? I'm like, no, no, it's Danish. I'm like, I don't speak Danish, so it's going to be tricky. It's like, no, it's easy. It's easy. Trust me. Just look it up. It's really easy chords and it repeats itself. It's like, yeah, but I don't speak the language. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just make it up. Yeah, so it's um, I don't. I've got so distracted with talking about weddings now. Like it's like, no, this. That's great. It's great that the music scene then seems like it is actually lifting off the ground again. Yeah, and I think a lot of musicians being so happy and excited about it, performing with a different kind of energy of like mm. we've been stuck indoors. And like every gig I see people just like being so happy and like after the show being like, thank you for coming out and continuing to support musicians mm. and yeah, the arts. Yeah. How did you find live streaming? Cause I mean, that's, I mean, even though when you're seeing everyone socially distanced, when you started performing and like you said, the bingo hall thing, and I'm guessing mm-hmm. they probably might've had to wear masks. So you can't even see their reaction necessarily. Yeah. Live streaming. You don't even see them. How did you mm. find that? That was a very strange one. I didn't think I'd actually want to do that because I ended up doing that pretty much well, like the second half of the um, lockdown. I was live streaming every Friday night yeah. just from my front room. And I didn't have any intentions of doing that. I just did it once because at one point I came back to my parents just for a bit and I was bored and it was a Friday night, couldn't go out. So I was like, I'll just, uh, I'll just record myself playing. That's what I'm doing anyway. Might, might as well put it online. Then people actually responded to it and like, well, like this has been really fun okay i'll do it again next week do it again and then it kind of snowballed and end up getting like streaming plugins and stuff which i've never had to deal with before getting decent mics and i had it so there was a chat that was how i kind of got past that right. bit that you're talking about i had the chat so it felt mm. like people were there people were i could see it as i'm playing just bing 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 of like people going ah play this play that whatever and then added a little tip jar so people could like request songs and like put money mm. and so i got to the point i was making like 100 quid some friday nights wow. just sitting in my front room playing guitar uh, and it'd be nice to like nice to ki- keep doing it but mm. people aren't obviously as interesting now they the pubs on a friday is an option right mm. but right. in that time it was really good fun and it i think it kept me sane and i was living pretty much with my mate joe's a drummer kept him same as sane as well because we had a routine friday night is gig that's, that's cool. like we have something to lock our brain like we have a calendar there is a clock going on it's not just a void mm. of nothingness yeah which yeah. i think a lot a lot of the beginning of lockdown felt like mm, definitely i think that, god that sounds like such a nice relief actually for a lot of people not just yourself like for everyone to just have that little bit of escape and feel like they're part of it by getting to interact mm. with you at least that's really cool 
Yeah, it was really nice. So, because I've done like I've done a lot of like seasonal work where I play abroad. So I'm doing the summer season in like Croatia, winter in Austria. Like I said, so a lot of people flexing on your international. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, that was kind of what I'm doing, and what I'm hopefully going back to doing with uh, take old Finnegan the dog uh, with me and um, carry on doing that. Well, literally this winter is going to be back at it, which is exciting. But because I know a few people here and there. I ended up having such this like weird, wild international like listener Network. base who yeah. were all interacting with each other as well. You're like, like creating talking your to own, each other. Like, fandom like community. That's so cool. <laughs> what would they be called, right? Yeah. What would your Waxio Lear followers be oh. called, do you reckon? Not the waxes. <laughs> the waxes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think waxes. They've got to be the waxes. Yeah, I think we've done it. We've named them now. Yeah, there would there be any, nothing else it. would be appropriate. I think it's got to be a bit. We are the waxes. A bit yeah. risky. <laughs> <laughs> we bring circle to the waxes. Absolute <laughs> hairless community of waxes. <laughs> so you mentioned um, Finnegan. Tell us more about him. We we noticed you had an Instagram for him. Yeah, so <laughs> that came right. So. I mean, everyone loves to have an Instagram for their own dog because yeah, I've got one. Uh, yeah, you, you got it. And um, but. We're, I was debating, like, do I have it so he, like, posts as if it's him yeah. <laughs> or not? And I, because, I mean, it's just basically, I was like, I've got a cute dog. I'm going to flood my Instagram. It's going to become worthless. It's just going to become dog pictures. So I'll get right. a different one so I can put the pictures there. So I don't just flood. I mean, I still do. Every, all, every <laughs> photo of my, mine. And every platform, yeah. Is, <laughs> But I was, uh, yeah, having a debate in my group chat and everyone was like, don't, don't do it. So it's the dog talking. Please don't. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I've done it. I've done it. And they all checked and every single post, the caption is just woof. Yeah. It makes me giggle every single time. So, I mean, it's, uh, in that case, it's just a, it's a fantastic joke, I reckon. That's brilliant. And does it, you mentioned bringing Finnegan along to, a gig do, do you do that like if you travel I, somewhere would you yeah, take him I do with... I do I play oh, gigs because cool. I mean luckily what, what I do is so kind of quiet it's just me and acoustic guitar I've got this little um like trigger pad I suppose it's like a drum trigger pad but I just put it on the floor and I can use that for a kick drum so it's just this mm-hmm. huge sound but on stage it's quite quiet like if I had a full okay. drum kit I wouldn't want him near me but I've played like pretty rowdy pubs and just have him put a little bed in the corner or actually oh. usually just likes my jacket or like some jumper that smells like me put that there and he just curls oh, up so the whole set he's great how old is he he's like 15 months oh he's a baby so he's a proper little baby yeah oh bless him. not much to him but i mean so, so when you're doing your own stuff he comes with you but if it was wife swap yeah, stuff, i was, I was thinking is he at wife swap? yeah he's nowhere near wife swap that's uh that's yeah. what I need ba- <laughs> babysitter for wife swap gigs i reckon okay. uh, yeah. that's good good advice right i've put that on our posters wife swap you know, say tour get a babysitter <laughs> for your dogs and children yeah, Are when you it's, animal lover then oh yeah huge big fan of animals, especially dogs so, i mean i love animals as much as anyone kind of just lo- really loves animals but mm. i dogs are just i've grown up with dogs and my grandparents train gun dogs so I've always wow. had like at least like three to four Labradors or a Retriever or Saint Bernard, like big, big, big working dogs, yeah, big like pups. farm dogs. Yeah. So it's when my parents were the first ones to get a dog that in the whole family, everyone's got Labradors, everyone's got these hardworking farm dogs, and then my um my parents just my dad didn't want this dog, 
they're, they're now best friends and inseparable. <laughs> but he got like a, a show cocker spaniel. Okay. And so the first time we brought her to one of our like family gatherings, everyone took the piss out of him, being like, "You've got a toy oh. dog." Oh. And I was like, when I brought got him, I was like, as soon as they meet him, they're going to do the same. But he's such a character that they're all like, "What a little legend, like little Finnegan. <laughs> he's so good." And my dad's like, "You took the piss out of Cassie." I was like, "Yeah, well, she's cooler than you now, but like at the time, <laughs> breaking new ground. It's tricky. It's, it's hard work." But Finnegan, he's just come in. He's just a legend. He's a uh, what did so you get a pandemic dog? Yeah, did you get... Yes. So it, it, it was, things I didn't really um didn't really want him, <laughs> to be honest. I, I mean I oh, cover your ears. <laughs> always wanted a dog. Shh, don't, don't listen, it's fine, it's fine. Always wanted a dog, but I just didn't think it'd be the time for me to have a dog. I don't really know what I'm doing myself most of the time, especially in a lockdown. Like it just didn't seem right. But then it it came to uh my partner at the time was bred her dog we have pups and i um ended up being looking after the spare one because everyone kind of took their pups and he was the one that was left over and i, I mean you look spend enough time with a puppy you can't not fall in love with it you can't not mm. develop a bond and so yeah now he's he's mine he's my little shadow everywhere i go mm. it's nice like I, d- I don't have to ever worry about him he's like he's quite he, he was a very anxious puppy originally but i've been that's been like my most work has been on trying to make sure he's like self-sufficient doesn't freak out if he's alone so i've got him to a point where he's anxious enough that he'll keep himself safe he's not going to run off he doesn't go up to strangers and he stays by me but he is he's not stressing himself to bad health kind of thing it sounds yeah, adorable I, I wondered like because um obviously people talk about like pandemic babies right I wonder about like pandemic puppies because surely like they're they've been more used to people being at home all the time and you know giving them quite a lot of attention. But then surely as things have opened up again, they'd be a bit more anxious and you yeah. know, not used to being left alone for long periods yeah. of time. You're so right. It's I I would not recommend. I mean, pandemic's kind of done now, fingers crossed. But I wouldn't recommend a pandemic dog. Like I, I think it is a bad idea for that exact reason. You will end up with dogs who are really anxious. And luckily I've had the chance now to put in loads of time with him just at the right kind of like developmental stage to make sure yeah. he's not anxious. And he isn't like, cause dogs can get in really bad ways if they're stressed, not mm. to mention they wreck your house. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's, it is, uh, yeah, it's not a great idea. Dogs are a huge commitment. And <clears throat> like I said, I'm from a family of people really obsessed with their dogs so i mean more so than anything i thought if this dog doesn't sit stay and come on like the millisecond of command i'll be laughed out the family so i've got to make sure he's really well trained <laughs> so if anything it, he did help me because i was like i had a project i had a reason to get out of the house mm. like in the summer i was going for walks and like going for cycles and doing things but in the winter i could have easily just stayed indoors and done absolutely yeah. nothing but he, he got me out. It got me. Mm. I had to go out because he needs to walk. Yeah. So it, it was it was good. But I think there's a lot of effort, and just because you're stuck at home doesn't mean you're you're like you don't have to do that. Yeah. You still have to really put a lot of work in with them because mm-hmm. you get out what you put in. I, I assume it's the same with anything. <laughs> same with I assume the same with children, although they have a bit bit more agency when they get older. He's he's a good lad, and I, I'm I'm glad it's ended up me and him. Because now like, I usually fly out to do the seasonal work that I do. Now I've got him. I would never trust a plane with a dog. I just heard too many really? stories. 
of like they just because they have to go in a separate place like separate compartment and if they just mm. don't it's like a switch to like make sure it's pressurized or whatever and if they just that switch is flicked dog can die i know that there's quite a few airlines where you can take them on like you would a child or a you know anyone anything else i was trying to think a of really ugly else. baby <laughs> no you're able to put them on like down by the like you can you know where the seats where you'd put a cot if it was yeah a you can do that for a, a dog uh, yeah i'm sure like i've heard about that i've not put much research into it because luckily having it. him yeah. was at the same time that i was looking into getting a van and converting right. a van and then doing seasons like that mm. so it was already my plan was i want to stop flying i want to start yeah driving yeah and that was kind of like a choice i was making but now he's made the choice for me <laughs> okay. so like, and like it just be so much easier to like travel knowing i have like a dog crate a dog bed a big bag of dog food on top of me having like guitars and clothes and snowboards and surfboards and all kind of <laughs> matter of junk that i like take with me everywhere <laughs> Amazing. I um I, I really wanted to ask you more about the DD side of things, but I feel like that's gonna have to wait for another episode. So if anyone wants to find out more about that, please comment below and say season two, we want Wax Yolia back. Yeah, we'll um, do a DD. I I feel <laughs> I can I've got the most amazing dungeon master. Shout out to Lorenzo. He is <laughs> unbelievable. His world is completely homebrew and it's everything's like so I've, intricate and detailed i've never played and i'm desperate to and i'm desperate to have an <sighs> in where i'm taught about it so i feel like maybe an episode <sighs> where we can learn all about it will be perfect but for now <laughs> um, <laughs> go back to your music and everything i just wanted to sort of ask what does your future sort of look like with music you've said about travel are there any places that you've got like lined up that are on your wish list let alone like on your calendar like where do you want to perform what do you want to sort of do have you got anything in mind or are you winging it i i mean the answer is that i'm winging it i have all <laughs> of those things but i've kind of realized since doing like if you play in the uk you can get people out to a gig maybe once a month usually the friday or saturday after payday right that's the best you can do and even then people bail because there's so many other bars and things to go to mm -hmm. but if you're out on like a holiday destination people are on holiday every day of the week is saturday right people are keen to get pissed and sing and dance so it's just so much better and i've kind of realized this trying so long to do my own original stuff i still write i still love making music but ultimately i think this is like that comes into that creative narcissism the narcissism that comes with creativity and performers i think in a slither always whether people admit it or not i think you kind of want if you want to play you want you want people to enjoy what you do and mm. i've realized people enjoy the shit songs like people want to hear wonderful people want to hear right. sweet caroline at the end of the night and i'm like people are like you must hate playing that every night and i'm like what making a whole group of people just have the best time ever like mm. you can't put a price on that it's, it's like i play those songs till the day i die just because i just love bit i love that community that music has mm. i never want to be the person on like on the stage being like hey i'm amazing everyone just shut up and listen to me i want to be no. like yeah create this atmosphere in a room of one of your mates is surprisingly good at karaoke like he's our mate we're part of this we're in on the joke like we're in on the song right he, he, we're talking back and forth they're taking requests and things like that i love i love the, the community of that and i think i got that from like exploring the irish music of how much it is shared stories mm. 
Yeah, yeah, shared experience for sure. So are there any like venues that you would like to maybe tick off that you've played at or are you already making a dent in that? <laughs> yeah, I think it's more just like countries that I want to go to. That's okay. why I want to get the van because there's so much you can do with Europe. Like right. I want to go places like America, Canada and Australia, but that's like a commitment to go there. Right. Whereas Europe's on the doorstep and you can just travel free. Well, the Irish can travel freely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's such a good opportunity to do that. Right. I've, I've had it where I'm like driving to somewhere and I'll just Google like pub or like Irish pub or like some sort of like place that seems like I'll do live music, turn up with my guitar on a Friday and be like, don't suppose you want me to play? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. And I've got like a couple hundred, uh, enough money to pay for my bed and board and my petrol to the next destination. I've done that like, Day, like hopping across countries up to like Sweden down to oh, like the little pie Greece pie and stuff. or something aren't you just playing <laughs> wherever you go <laughs> it, it's just such a good way of doing it it's really yeah. nice you like meeting like locals and actually learning the songs that they kind of want to hear like it's funny to think like if you have a British crowd you can play Mr Brightside always a winner mm. do that in Sweden they just don't really care yeah, yeah like, and yeah. it's weird that I like how some people like will love oh we wrote our favourite killer song is Human I'm like Okay, that's weird. But yeah, fair play. Let's do that one then. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, Danish classics, yeah. apparently. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're living the type of music dream that almost seems lost. Like it doesn't seem that that's actually something that happens anymore. Like where you literally go on the road and you just hit up a place and say, can I perform here? And they're like, yes, open arms. And it gets yeah. you where you need to go. That almost seems like something from the movies to me. Yeah. Like, what you hear like people like oh i haven't booked anything i haven't booked anything here's you mr spontaneity just driving there and everywhere with your dog just turning up yeah. yeah i think it's that thing i can i can sell i can just talk i think I, it's not that i'm good at talking it's like i talk long enough you probably like all right people li- up and do it fine just get up <laughs> listening this far in the podcast they'll probably realize i just don't shut up <laughs> just <laughs> just non-stop at some point you do just relent and go oh if you stop will you sing like please oh, come on so i, I don't know I, I, but I, I never thought it could be a thing i could actually do i never thought i could make money off music and when i was younger mm. i was like i love doing this mm. and i want to do this but you're at college and you're watching all the other people it, who are like especially when you finish college and everyone goes off and just does other jobs and you go right no I want to do music I want mm. and it's so hard to be famous and like actually yeah. make loads of money mm. that way it's like there's got to be some way to make it and like session music wedding singing and things like that like a lot of people kind of look down on that but if you right. want to do music you kind of got to take a hit like yeah yeah it's the same with photography I was doing a lot of weddings you meet a lot of uh, photographers who they want to do arty photography. They want to do really like creative things that they have developed, but weddings pay the bills. So why would you not? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you feel like it's um not a job for everyone in the sense that you've got to be a certain way to be able to do what you're doing? Like, I don't even know if thick skin's the, the right word, but maybe quite comfortable with the unknown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I, I, the amount of times... I mean, I've said this and people have called me out where I'm like, oh, someone says, I, oh, I'm really jealous. I wish I could go traveling. I've always wanted to do that. And I'm like, you, you're in your early twenties. You could, you can do that. Just do it. Mm. And then people would be like, Matt, you were, before you did that, you were not confident. Like I wasn't, I had no confidence at all with that thing. I was confident on stage, but I had no confidence to like, just leave the country. Right. Okay. I had a very like 
fortuitous series of events where I was out in Croatia and was offered a job and just stayed. Okay. I was well, on holiday yeah. and I just like stayed. I don't like, I'd always wanted to do it, but I, had I had that opportunity, would I have had the kind of like mm. the drive to actually get up and go? Mm. Maybe not because I was, I was at the point I was so anxious. I would often miss my stop on the bus because I was too scared to press the button. Like yeah. it's, I couldn't imagine doing that, but I've, I've mm. done it. And uh, yeah, I think it just it snowballs and that confidence builds and you get to the point where I can be like, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. I have no money to afford where I'm sleeping tonight and I'm nearly out of petrol. Ah, but there's the pub. Yeah. We'll give it a go. Yeah. Optimism seems to be your friend. <laughs> yeah. I, if you just, so it feels like I can understand why people believe in that whole manifest yeah. thing. I mean, I'm not sure I believe in that, but I think if you go into something with the energy of this is, it will happen. It's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you, Got to try and confidence your way. It's absolute bullshit. Me talking about confidence, but I'm really? not. But it is what's got me through. And usually, it's just blind luck of me talking to myself in my head, going, "All right, last time you were shitting yourself, how did it go?" I actually went all right. Okay. What about the time before that? Yeah, that went all right as well. Yeah. So what's the, the chance of this going? Yeah. yeah. And if it does go bad, what are you going to do? I don't know. Just leave. Try again. <laughs> exactly. It's fine. Just give it a crack. <laughs> That's so great. I hope that anyone listening who, whether they're in the music and creative world or whatever else they're in and they're feeling like some sort of way about confidence, mm. take a little page from Waxy O'Leary's book. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to wrap up by asking you what makes up your circle? If you're a circle, what's it made up of? My circle is um, just just my friends and the music that kind of brings us together because I is very musical life like all my best friends I know through music actually and it's kind of I'm realizing that as I say it all of my best friends are either musicians or they're like so passionate about music they're always at gigs and they're always like that's that. and that's the kind of thing I yeah I love and I it's just that community of that music bringing people together making people all singing under the same sheet yeah look at that look at that <laughs> Salsa sinks. <laughs> Didn't even plan it. Right off the top back of my hand. Sorry. Well, um, we like to dedicate every episode to a small charity, a business, or an organization. With your guest, we have asked you, and you have provided us with Surfers Against Sewage. Can you tell us a bit about that, please? So I first found out about Surfers Against Sewage when I was playing a gig, I playing a festival, and there was like they basically it was they were like sponsoring the whole thing. They were like um it was a town in Somerset and it's like proper like surfy kind of like hippie kind of vibes. Very, very van life. This is years ago. And they were just really cool guys. And they're just doing all this, like promoting beach cleans and like pushing for like very like plastic free living. Mm. And uh, now that, that, I mean, the main thing they're doing at the moment is like petitioning the government to like uh, stop, like to take action against pollution in the sea and everything. Yeah. Cause I, I do love like, water sports i think it's like i could come from a place of water sports and loving just being near the beach being near in the river being near just Your water <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly it's all it's all connected i do just love the ocean even yeah. like snow it's just it's just water yeah somewhere else just really cold water and i i just think yeah it's one thing i really feel passionate about keeping the, the ocean clean keeping the beaches clean and because it contributes to everything else absolutely like just because we dump 
crap in the sea doesn't mean it's no no one's problem like, yeah. it, all, it all comes back so it's something yeah i care a lot about and they're like especially at the moment they are there's a big conference coming up in the uk mm. about um climate change and like what yes. we're doing about the climate <laughs> yeah and that we're trying to uh, surf i say we service against surge are trying to like push loads of petitions to make sure our government who are hosting it are putting yeah like putting the kind of crisis of climate and the cleaner seas at the forefront of that yeah Mm. definitely this is such a great organization to support so if anyone is listening please check out the links in our description and you can visit their website which is sas.org.uk even if you are an international listener you can take on everything that this company is doing you can follow them help you know help their cause and share it on your stories as well even if you can't donate from the UK share it and find out more um click on the links in our description and support as best as you can but this is such a great uh, organization to support mm-hmm. so thank you for bringing that to our attention definitely going to start following them no um thank you so much for joining us it's been so great to chat with you and catch up also to learn everything that you're doing and definitely have you back for D&D more <laughs> yeah <I'm so laughs> sorry Jess it's happening yeah, it's I'm, I'm such a sucker for a tangent it's nice having an organ a fixed like thing so every time I drift <laughs> off and I'm like, well, oh, like nope. where was I you're like as I was saying next question I'm like oh god I love that someone's organized in a conversation we me try. in a pub I'm like I'm just drifting off no you're very oh. Big fan of the show. First time, uh, first time caller. Love what you're doing. Always listening. Uh, they're, they're on the tools. Just listen away to our circle. Yeah. Thank you so much for supporting us. We love it. And thank yeah. you everyone for listening. Please make sure to follow Waxiolia on Instagram and stream anything you can and go and see him live whenever you can as well. Go see mm-hmm. any band live. Just go go see music. Go go make take your test your lateral throw get your marks and just go <laughs> see live some live music yes. support the arts go see theater shows go see like oh, just everything just it's trying to promote you <laughs> I, I'm, I'm promoting like if the scene's alive i'm alive yes very true. true yeah and thank you everyone for listening please make sure to like and subscribe and stream on all of our streaming platforms and we'll see you for our next episode bye bye, bye.